Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. His shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Hard collision. BL centering feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. Nick Nolenberger here, the voice of the Barracuda, along with marketing manager Joey Goldstein. The boys are back, Joey. Stella got her groove back. It feels like the team is back to where we were before. It's three straight wins, and it's three impressive wins as you pick up a 5-0 win over Colorado. You have that 3-2 game on the road against San Diego as the team has just kind of found its groove again, and it's certainly nice to see. Yeah, no, it feels good. It's It's... It's almost like things have just things have really tightened up, and it's I don't know if things are just clicking or if they're just kind of realizing that the you got through that stretch of the dog days of the season, and now that the playoffs are within sight, it's it's kind of rejuvenated the group, maybe. But yeah, everything's kind of sort of starting to come together. I mean, the guys who have been on some droughts are starting to clean things up a little bit, and you kind of saw it once once the really the road trip started down in San Diego and into Tucson even though we lost those two games in Tucson I don't think that the team played poorly so a couple of tough bounces and some some a couple costly mistakes kind of end up in the back of your net but overall I thought they played pretty well and then to swing that back here and and and, and you know win at home against uh win at home against Ontario and then go on the road and beat a good Bakersfield team, team like yeah. it's Things are starting to click, and I think a lot of it starts in the, the back end out, right? I mean, Antoine Bebo has been great. Yeah, He's starting to regain form. I think he's yep. getting some confidence back, and um, it kind of starts there and, and really works its way out because when the goaltending's good, it kind of gives everybody a little bit more confidence, right? So I think that, 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 that that's been a big, big part of it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's, everything's better when you win. The mood's better. I mean, in the office and the locker room, everybody is just a lot more excited. Um, so I think it's it's something that we'll definitely keep an eye on here moving forward, especially as we go into San Diego uh, this week and yep. then Grand Rapids. So it's it's all playoff teams yep. from here on out. So. Um, but I, I do like the, the position we're in, and we're getting some reinforcements too, which is nice. And the Barracuda, they have a game in hand on the two clubs that are predominantly chasing them, Tucson and San Jose. They both played 62 games. you got San Diego having played 63, Colorado at 64, and San Jose's got a four-point lead on both San Diego and on Colorado, a seven-point lead on Tucson. And depending on a few things before Wednesday's game, San Jose could clinch a playoff spot as yeah. early as Wednesday. Obviously, Tucson needs to lose. Yeah, so so here's a scenario for that, and, and obviously a lot of things are pending, right? It's we, you, you do kind of still control your own destiny uh, if you're the Barracuda, but you, you obviously you still need some, some things to fall into place. Uh, but, we're, I mean, we're recording this on, on Tuesday. So tonight, Tucson is in Iowa, or vice versa, but they're playing each other. Uh, basically, Tucson would have to lose tonight. doesn't matter if it's in regulation or overtime, either way. Uh, but then on tomorrow, so Wednesday, when you guys are hearing this, we're playing against um, San, Diego. San Diego. My God. They're, it's, they're to blending. Blend together. They're blending. We're playing San Diego. Tucson is also playing Iowa against. So they get two games in a row. Uh, we have to win. Regardless of the situation, we have to win tomorrow in regulation. And then depending on how Tucson would lose today, they'd either need to lose in regulation or overtime tomorrow. So basically we need a five-point swing somehow. 
a combination of our points and, uh, and them losing points. So it's definitely possible. Iowa's a good team. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, we've still got to do what we have to do. We have to win our games. And San Diego is no slouch of a team. They're getting some help. Um, they're, and they're going to continue to get help, I think, with the exception of probably Troy Terry because he's a little banged up. Uh, everybody else that's eligible to play for them is, is likely going to go and play in San Diego. So uh, I feel pretty good about positioning-wise where the Barracuda are. I, I think it's fairly safe to say they're going to end up in the two spot. Uh, if something crazy happens over the next two weeks here, we'll end up in the three likely. Uh, but I don't see the team missing the playoffs, knock on wood. I mean, we saw what happened last year. Anything could happen. But uh, we're in a good spot. I think uh, it'll be a relief for everybody once we get in. But you know, it's a fun time of the year. If you've been following the social media, you've been noticing, you mentioned enforcements, uh, reinforcements for San Diego. Um, a lot of up and down for the Barracuda right now with mm -hmm. those, you know, bigger name guys. Jake Middleton up right now with the Sharks. Like you said, Joey, we're recording this on Tuesday. He's penciled in tonight to play in Vancouver against the Canucks, and his defensive partner will be Brent Burns. So it's expected potentially, you know, at least this kind of a vibe we're getting that Mids is probably going to play the final three games for the Sharks. Yeah. Um, they're going to give him a real look, which is good for him. Yeah, he deserves it. Uh, he definitely deserves it. Um, other transactional news for the Barracuda, of course, Marcus Vela came in about a week ago um, after his collegiate career finished up in New Hampshire. He's played three games. He nearly scored. He's been impressive. We thought he still. He, I still think he might have. I the was way, looking the at way Fontaine, The way Matt Fontaine reacted when he scored, and then all the guys gathered up to kind of celebrate – it almost looked like they were asking him yeah. if it was his goal, and he just kind of shrugged it off. He was like, I don't know. Yep. I don't know. And he kind of – I think he was trying to defer as if it wasn't his. Yeah. But – Goal, goal is to Fontaine. We don't have good enough cameras to tell yeah. if they hit off him. But either way, he's got a couple of points in three games. He's not a big offensive producer, but he's a big body. He's 6'2 yeah. and probably 2'10. Um, and it's something that San Jose doesn't necessarily really have before. Besides a Jeffrey Viel is kind of a big kind of Him, meaty guy who can play the Vieler, John Martin, and Vela yep. are all kind of the same build. Yeah, you know. And what I like about Vela's uh, game is he's very it's very reliable. You yeah, know, you can. He's not gonna. I don't. It doesn't seem like he's gonna wow you or do anything like that. But he's never gonna be someone you worry about, especially in the defensive zone. He made a couple plays in Bakersfield that saved the game. Well, you know, in that fourth line. I mean, it's a weird kind of mix. You yeah. have Fontaine, Suomela, and Vela. Suomela, Vela, kind of like the ring to that. His, his, and I think Vela's presence has made Suomela so much better. We want to talk about different pieces on the line. I mean, every one of those guys are different. Yeah. I mean, they're all bringing something different, but it has been a nice line. And then another transactional announcement, uh, Vladislav Kotkov just finished up his junior career joining the team. Um, we'll see if he gets in any games. Another big body, he's 6'4". Yeah. Um, young kid, just 19 years of age, Russian-born. The uh, Sharks signed him at a development camp last year. So um, another guy. And it's expected that Zach Fry is going to re rejoin the group as well with Jake mm -hmm. Middleton up. Um, we'll see if Fry ends up getting in that top yeah. six of the D Corp. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's that time of the year, yep, right? And there's And there's who knows what happens. I mean, we were talking today. Ivan Chakovich is playing in a game seven tonight. If they lose, could we see him? Potentially. Yeah. We yeah. know Nick Merkley is a guy who's – his team's been eliminated. Ryan, uh, Ryan Merkley. Easy. I've probably yeah. done it a dozen yeah. times. And I'm sure you'll continue to yes, do it. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, but Ryan Merkley, uh, Joachim Blickfield, these guys, they're all have wrapped up. So 
we don't know if there anybody's coming here or not, but I mean, it's the, there's potential for re more reinforcements to kind of keep coming. But um, yeah, the guys who are here now, I mean, I would expect Kakov to find his way into the lineup sometime over the next was a week and a half we've got left in the season. I would imagine he gets a game or two. Um, Bella's obviously been in the lineup, so it's it looks you know it looks pretty good. I like the way that the young guys are coming in and contributing, and I think it's also in turn kind of lights a fire into the guys who have been here all year to kind of say, hey, I got to keep playing my game and keep producing, or else I'm going to find myself on the outside looking in. That's yep. the one downside to having so many bodies, right? It's kind of like what Pete DeBoer said, where guys are you know they're playing for for playoff jobs. I mean, at this point, you're trying to find the best lineup that's going to win because you're not going to have all the changes from game to game in the playoffs like you would in the regular season. Yep. So let's look ahead quickly. Six games left on the regular season schedule. Barracuda will play three straight games at home to wrap up the home portion. Um, so the, they'll play 32, 33, and 34 in terms of their home schedule. They've got San Diego on Wednesday and then two games against Grand Rapids on Friday and Saturday. Friday, Fan Appreciation Night. Yeah, so it's, a, it's Fan Appreciation Weekend. Weekend. Basically. So the big Fan Appreciation Night, yeah, that's on Friday night. 7 o'clock, we'll be doing all of our standard fan appreciation night goodies, if you will. Uh, $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, in-game giveaways, all kinds of fan appreciation-themed videos and thank you messages and things like that. We're going to have a team photo giveaway for the first 1,500 fans in the building. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be great. If you're a season ticket holder, don't worry. Uh, you guys are going to have your – you'll get your photos at the uh, post-game party on Wednesday. Uh, so tonight, I guess, if you listen to this, um, yes. after the game against San Diego, we'll make it easy. Yes. After the game against San Diego, we're having the season ticket holder party with the players to kind of wrap up the season. And you'll, you guys will all get your team photos earlier uh, so you can get them all signed. But, yeah, and then we'll just roll things into, into Saturday as well, continue with $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, some more in-game giveaways. Uh, we're going to have a two-day two auction uh, that will run from Friday into Saturday. Um, we've got – Jake Middleton, Francis Perron's All-Star Game jerseys will be out for bid. We've got some signed sticks by some of the players. Uh, we've got a nice wooden Barracuda logo that you can hang up in your wall that we've got signed by anybody who's worn a letter this year. Um, so a couple of team signed goalie sticks, so lots of things that you can bid on, kind of, you know, show our support for you. So it's going to be a – should be a fun weekend, a big weekend. Grand Rapids is a good team. I mean, that's a really good team. They're sitting at second in that central division. Man, that central is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, we talk about you, the Pacific being tight. Yeah, you There's think four teams fighting for that fourth playoff spot, and they're all within about two points. Yeah, it's literally. I think it's. I saw it the other day from four through seven. It's yeah, everybody. It's hard to when I'm doing the. It's hard to kind of organize and describe which team is ahead of which because like one team wins and they're ahead. Mm -hmm. Then you scroll down the out of town score another at one. So they're either tied or they're ahead. And they're, they're in that, you know, they're not in the Pacific division. Yeah. So they're playing more games. They're playing more games. And it's almost like every it's crazy. day. It's crazy. So, I mean, off the top of my head, Milwaukee's in it, Texas is in it, Rockford's in it, Manitoba's in it. Yeah. So. And one little run for yeah. either team. And like, I think is it maybe it's Iowa's, Iowa's kind of third. Like, and, but they've lost a bunch recently. So yeah. like, if they don't figure it out, like they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in. Iowa last year, they lost what their final ten games, final nine games yeah, last year didn't make the playoffs. It's yeah, that that division, man, it's it's tough. A lot of the divisions are kind of like yeah. that too. The, the North is pretty competitive too, from from my understanding and talking with my cousin in Utica. The North's pretty competitive, so um, 
It's good to see, though, for sure, especially if you're, you know, if you're the American Hockey League taking a look at it. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. That's what you want. And the Barracuda, they in the two previous games against Grand Rapids, they won one in regulation, lost the second in a shootout. Pretty competitive games, both those out in Grand Rapids earlier this season. And then the Barracuda wrap up the 68-game regular season schedule with three on the road. Doesn't get any easier right. as they take on San Diego one week from Wednesday down in Southern Cal. And then two games in Colorado, which is going to be really interesting because Colorado, they could be still fighting for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And it could almost be a precursor to an opening round matchup, depending on how things yeah, shake out. Yeah, well, e either series, really. I mean, yeah. what, you're, what you will likely see next Wednesday in San Diego is in all likelihood going to be their playoff team. Because by that point, the NHL season will have ended, so any reinforcements that, that they're getting from the big club will be there. Yes. So you're going to see the best San Diego team that they could possibly put out that night. And then, yes, yeah, Saturday is – or the Friday-Saturday following that would be Colorado. And like you said, they're, I mean, Colorado, where they're at right now, could end up in the four spot, but they could easily just end up in the three spot and overtake San Diego. Or uh, they could be out. I mean, Yeah, or they could be out, right? But, yeah, but if they're going to be in – that's a team, that, and depending on what happens to Colorado, that could be a team that you see with all their reinforcements too. So two really big playoff previews next week um, for the Barracuda. So it's definitely something that, to, to keep an eye on if you can catch a glimpse of it on AHL TV if you're fortunate enough to go to San Diego or to Colorado to kind of close out the season. Keep an eye on it because those are going to be entertaining games with a playoff feel for sure. Yeah, I mean there could be potentially 10 guys who could come down from, San, from uh, Anaheim to San Diego. So that's going to be a completely different-looking team than, from what we've seen, um, you know, even from what we could see on Wednesday. I, so. And, and I've, I've said it a couple times to, you know, some other people internally, but I, I do think with all those reinforcements, San Diego is the team to beat in the Western Conference. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be a force. If, goal, if their goaltending is good, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. like to, I like to think Bakersfield is maybe going to lose in the first round. That's my hot take. Yeah. They're a young know, team. A team. I think they got – they might have just – who knows when you get into playoffs, anything yeah. can happen. But. Yeah, who, who knows indeed. Um, but we'll see. That's, that's why they play the games. That's why we play 68. And uh, a lot, of, lot to be settled before the regular season ends, which will make it for a fun final stretch. Um, on the regular season. So fan, appre fan appreciation night on Friday. $2 beers, $1 hot dogs, love Friday games. Then Saturday is a doubleheader. Barracuda will play at 115, wrapping up the home schedule against Grand Rapids, and the Sharks will wrap up their regular season. Mm -hmm. They'll take on Colorado. Yep. So um, a lot of fun stuff going on at the tank. For fans kind of wondering uh, when we're going to come out with the playoff schedule, we don't know yeah. at this point. Yeah, so. we don't know. I mean, like we said, it's possible we could clinch as early as Wednesday if all things go well. Uh, but even if we clinch, like there's... There's a lot of factors. Yeah, there's... Opponent, dates, building availability, yeah. you name it. And uh, so it's probably going to be a few days out, you know, at least once yeah. we know. I would um, guess, I mean, if... Uh, it's so hard to say. I don't yeah. want to, you know, I yeah, can't we don't sit and make any promises or anything like that. But maybe... Early the following week, we may have a general idea. It really, really all depends too. Don't forget the AHL. The first round series is a best of five, right? Yep. So that's a decision for the for you know, the hockey ops and the coaching staff to decide. Well, is it more beneficial to play the first two at home and get them out of the way, or play the first two on the road so that way you can come back and and have three games at home to kind of fall back on. So it's every coach views it differently. I saw Charlotte is planning on 
playing their first two on the road, which I guess is catching people by surprise. So it's, yeah. it's anything could happen. Um, but obviously the minute we have that cleared up, we're going to let everybody know because we want this place packed. And yeah. We want, this, we want SAP and San Jose to be a tough place to play. We know how great it is, and all the Sharks guys talk about it. Brent Burns said it the other day, how great of a building it is. And when that building's loud and it's, it's, it's packed, it's a tough place to play. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Interesting note on Charlotte, top team in the American hockey. They got 100 points for yeah. them to kind of choose to start on the road. An interesting approach. I mean, hey, you win one road game, you get to go home for three straight. So, yeah. I mean, there's some strategy that goes into that when you have the choice of starting either at home or on the road. Um, I guess it's a good choice to have because that means that you're the top seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you have a little bit of leverage um, in terms of, you know, where you want to start. So um, we've got a great guest on hand uh, today. We've got Dylan Gabriel. How do we, we didn't even mention that. We didn't even How did that even happen? We talked we got, for all that long. We didn't even mention it. Yeah, we've got Dylan Gambrell coming on <laughs> uh, today, uh, talking a little bit of college hockey. College hockey. Um, his alma mater is going against your alma mater, yep. UMass, DU, yep. Frozen Four. I feel bad Here for we go. him. I do. I feel it's bad for him. Buffalo this year. It's in Buffalo. Yep. yep. It's the Frozen Four, so yep. it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, my bracket completely busted in round well, one. Well, yeah. Well, I was you, biased. Yeah, you were a little biased. You, you kind of you went with your heart. Yeah, you, I did. You I took never Ohio State and Bowling Green into your finals, yeah. and they didn't make it past day one. So. Doink, doink. Um, it's tough, though. The, the, the bracket thing was fun. This is the first time we've ever done it. I would imagine we keep doing this yeah. uh, year after year. Um, it's It was interesting to see who all the guys picked, you know, Obviously, only Tim Clifton and, and Gambrell had their alma maters in the tournament this year, but there were still guys who had, you know, strong college hockey ties. And Nick Simone picked Clarkson because he was an ECAC guy, and that's who he was kind of pulling for. <laughs> and they obviously didn't make it, but uh, we had some fans who had some really good brackets too. It's just kind of, you know, fun, friendly competition with everybody to see kind of what's going on. And it's... It's like playoff hockey, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be, I wouldn't watch college hockey really at all during the year. Um, but when you turn it up to this level, like we talked with Dylan, where it's you got one game, and if you lose, you go home. That's it. Yeah. It's a lot more intense. It's just a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. I would probably watch more, but these are the only games they have on ESPN. So, yeah. you know, that makes it a lot easier. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely fun to fill out. Uh, and, yeah, kind of the, I guess at this point with DU in it and uh, UMass, you know, those are two teams that, people kind of expected to go on you know somewhere yeah given where they were this year um and for sharks fans a couple of players on this umass group to keep an eye Mm -hmm. out for um mario ferraro john leonard two guys uh two draft picks yep um so it'll be interesting to see uh how those guys did the umass they only had like four prospects in the tournament maybe they had a guy in quinnipiac as well defenseman umd i believe uh, Minnesota Duluth, there's a prospect on. I'm blanking on the name right now. They talked about it on TV. Um, do you have one guy there? Yeah. That was, I believe that's it. But, but it'll, I mean, it's fun to watch. If you're, if you're a hockey fan and you're itching to get your playoff hockey fix, those games next week on Thursday and Saturday, those are going to be, uh, be good to watch. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm, I will for sure be I'll tuning be in because UMass will be playing in both of them. <laughs> you heard it here first. They're, they're going to play in both of them, and they're going to win. Right on. I wouldn't mind that. I'm, I'm rooting for them, too. Uh, Minutemen? Are you guys winning? Oh, yeah. Minutemen. Yep. UMass Minutemen. Go UMass. All right. With, uh, without further ado, yeah. let's bring on we'll uh, give it a, We'll give it a Gams. And Dylan then... Gambrell. All right. Without further ado, we'll welcome in Barracuda for Dylan Gambrell. 
Gams, let's just jump right into it. It's your first professional season. You've been up and down with the Sharks and here with the Barracuda. You've had a really successful first year in the American Hockey League. Just kind of walk us through what it's been like to, you know, constantly be going up and down and experiencing the pro level, both in the AHL and at the National Hockey League level. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, just kind of getting a, a taste of pro hockey for my first year, um, you know, getting used to the lifestyle and, um, you know, pretty lucky that there's, you know, going back and forth between locker rooms that there's such good guys in each locker room and um, you know the chemistry is really good and it's it makes the transition really easy but um, yeah overall it's been a really fun year and um, you know looking forward to um, getting into playoffs here coming up. How has it been like being with the Barracuda you're playing those you know a top six role you're a go-to guy on the power play but when you go to the Sharks they've been you know playing you more on that fourth line as a little bit more of a grinder type of role I'm sure that's been an adjustment for you so how do you kind of you know work your game to those different roles when you're asked uh, to you know fill them? Yeah um, you know I think going up to the Sharks um, you know it's it's a matter of just being hard on pucks and um, you know, winning battles, things like that to, um, you know, obviously being in that fourth line role, just kind of finding a way to contribute and, um, you know, help the team out as much as I can. And um, and then with the CUDA, same thing, just, um, you know, working on those things and, um, you know, continuing to, you know, try to be offensive at the same time, but also work on those things that are going to help me improve as a player and, you know, help the team out ultimately. What are some of the biggest things you've noticed here? I mean, obviously, with this being your first year in the living on your own and just being a bigger, faster game, what's some of the biggest things that you've noticed uh, that are kind of eye-opening for you, I guess, being a pro? Yeah, um, I think it's just one of the main things that I've noticed is you really have to, you know, it's kind of you have to be more independent. Um, you know, it's kind of up to you to take care of yourself, take care of your body, um, do the little things, you know, in the weight room, recovery-wise and things like that because, you know, like you said, you're living on your own. Um, so I think kind of just finding ways to take care of yourself so you're, you know, you're ready for those big games and um, those big minutes or whatever it may be. But I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I've noticed. You know, you're a Bonnie Lake, Washington native. So that's kind of WHL territory. You opted to go the USHL route, go play college. You won a national championship. You, you know, won a championship in the USHL as well. What was the thought process on that? Did you always envision yourself playing college hockey, you know, and how did you make that decision? Yeah, um, since I was, you know, really young, it was kind of always college hockey for me. Obviously, there was, you know, with Seattle being right there, the WHL team, I, we had season tickets when I was younger, but, um, you know, I always kind of envisioned myself going to college hockey, and um, it actually worked out, you know, pretty well. I went, um, my first year at U16, went to Colorado, um, and my head coach was a DU alum, so I ended up having a pretty good year there and um, committed to Denver. So I was fortunate enough to stay there and, you know, go to a great school. So I committed there pretty young. And then, you know, the Seattle started getting interest there. But, um, you know, my mind was always kind of, you know, college, kind of give me more time to develop. Um, getting education, obviously, was a big thing for me. So, um, you know, ultimately I'm happy with my decision and, you know, it couldn't have worked out any better, really. Was Denver, so having gone to play there, was Denver always at the top of your list or were you looking at a couple other different places at the time? Because I mean, what, what – where, where else were you looking aside from Denver? Um, there was a few other schools, but, um, you know, like I said, I, I committed pretty young, and um, once I got that offer, it was kind of, you know, that was kind of my number one, and I didn't, you know, 
there was other offers, but that was kind of yeah. it was the ultimate decision there. It's probably hard to pinpoint one moment so far in your hockey career because you've won a couple championships now. You were drafted in the second round by the Sharks, but if you could look and pinpoint one kind of memory in your career so far, what would be kind of the top of the list for you? Um, it would have to be the national championship. Um, you know, that was just, it was amazing for us because my freshman year, we actually, we went to the Frozen Four and we ended up losing in the semifinals at the Frozen Four. So, you know, that was kind of a heartbreaker for us because we thought we had a great team and, you know, we definitely could have done it. But, um, you know, so going back that next year, we were real focused and we had a great group coming back. So, you know, to pull that off and, and finally you know, get the feeling of winning and that bitter kind of taste of losing out of our mouths was, it was unbelievable. Now for you, uh, you spent three years at Denver playing, the decision to leave school early and, and turn professional, I guess, what's the, what kind of goes in behind the scenes on that and, and what kind of pushed you to make that decision to, to make the jump? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's different for every player, but for me, I think it was just, you know, it was, it was time to move on and you know, play against bigger, uh, stronger guys, kind of keep pushing myself. Um, you know, I think it would have been, it would have worked out if I stayed another year, but I think for me it was important to, like I said, kind of keep pushing and um, kind of get my pro career started. And, um, you know, I think it's, I still have the option to go back and, you know, finish school, so um, that's not going to be an issue. Um, still really helpful with that, so... Um, yeah, so that was kind of my decision there. Cool. Grab Richard Roca walking in in front of the building. No problem here. We've got a private little room here by the practice rink that we jump into for these podcasts. You know, DU is still in the tournament right now. They're in the mm -hmm. Frozen Four. You know what it took to get a national championship. You had been to a Frozen Four, as you mentioned. You know, it's like the NCAA basketball tournament. It's an elimination. You, know, you lose one game and you're out. So things yeah. can happen certainly quickly. Um, what was that experience like going on that run? Because you have a regional tournament where you've got to win a couple games, yeah. you know, and then you've got almost a week off, and then you play a couple more games. So it, it's got to be, you know, to have a single elimination, that's got to – you've got to feel the pressure, right? Yeah, definitely. But that's, that was the thing for us is we had been there the year before, so we kind of knew what it took, what it was like. Um, you know, we had a great group, uh, leadership group. We had Will Butcher, who's with the Devils now, and, you know, a few other guys. So it's it's hard. You have to stay even keel, and, you know, you kind of just have to, you know, take every game and like it's, you know, like it's the last game because, you know, it will be if you don't bring everything you have. So, um, yeah, well, I think just uh, being there the year before and, you know, having that experience really helped us out. Your teammate at Troy Terry, what's it been like? I mean, early in the year, I know he spent some time in Anaheim, just like you spent up with uh, with the Sharks. But mm -hmm. what's it been like being able to, I guess, play against him as opposed to with him when he was with San Diego early on in the year? Uh, it's been fun. You know, we have – I think we have really good competition every time we get out there. We kind of want to outdo each other, it seems like. Um, but, you know, we're really good friends, and um, he's having a great year so far. And, um, you know, we're going to see him here down the stretch, I think, so. Hopefully we get the better end of them, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, your head coach, Jim Montgomery at DU, he's now the head coach, of course, with the Dallas Stars. He had a connection with the San Jose Sharks. Was there anything that he kind of told you once, you know, once you came in, you know, any advice about the organization? And uh, was there anything he kind of told you about the Sharks? Um, not the Sharks specifically, but, you know, I, I talked to him a lot before I actually made my decision to turn pro and leave Denver um, just because – 
you know, I've, I've known him for a long time. I actually played for him in juniors, too, and he was my same coach, and we won that championship there. So, um, you know, he's a guy that I trust a lot and you kind of look to for advice. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was he was helpful through the whole thing, but he, he gives me a lot of good advice, and um, he didn't – nothing specific about San Jose, but he definitely helped, um, you know, with my decisions. We had your roommate on a yes. couple weeks ago, <laughs> and – we asked him, I believe the question was, you know, if there's a, a pet peeve uh-huh. that he's got with you as a roommate, you know, what would it be? And he, he really couldn't think yeah, of anything. Good political. He said you were a great roommate. Yeah. He said you were clean. He ended up, he ended up, he's like, true, true. He ended up landing on, uh, I think it was a thermostat. I think thermostat. You like yeah. it a little bit colder, I oh, think, than man. he does. Right? Yeah, like, like you guys probably like it colder too, right? <laughs> I do. I'm guessing. Yeah. He's the only guy I know that likes cranking up the thermostat, like, 70 whatever like that's too warm it's way too warm yeah. i like you know 68 or something when you're sleeping i don't want to be sweating when i'm sleeping he says uh he says the russians like the warmth yeah uh, yeah yeah they do they definitely do I they guess. want to, they, i guess they grow up in the cold like so that. would you say would you say that's your yeah. your pet peeve with him is yeah. the thermostat for sure thermostat that's the only thing and i think we asked him who was the better cook of the two and I want to say I don't want to sway you. You answer the question. I believe I know. I think yeah. I know the answer. Who's the better cook between the two of you guys? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He kind of. We just we eat very different. Yeah, I'm I would sure. Say. So I don't like. He's a good cook, but he just like I eat differently. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think he said that you were. Yeah, he definitely. Def- I appreciate so it first. What have you picked up from him? I mean, he's a. He's a Russian-born kid, so you know mm-hmm. there's a, you guys culture are coming from you know opposite sides of the spectrum. Is there anything you've yeah. kind of learned about him or his culture since you lived with him? Uh, I mean, I've asked him a few things, but kind of just like the eating, yeah, you know, the way he kind of eats is differently. Yeah, like, it's not bad or anything, yeah. but it's like, um, you know, just different style. It, it seems like kind of plain. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> uh, we went to Pizza Factory earlier in the year, and he yeah. put. Pineapple on his pizza, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> but then he doused it in ranch. Yeah. And that was, that was when, that's when Max lost me as far as uh, his, his food palate, I would say. I saw a Russian cafe in Campbell the other day. I almost sent him and snapped him a photo of it. I was like, maybe you could take the new kid Kotkoff. And it's, start, yeah, it's starting to fill up here as far as uh, a little, little Russian mob yeah, starting yeah, his locker we, room. Yeah. yeah. Nabby's yeah. kind of spearheading it. And you got <laughs> yeah, Latunov and Kosarenkov and Kotkov. It's starting to grow. So what away from – let's step away from hockey for a moment. It, I guess we'll start with the first question would be, if you weren't a professional hockey player, what would you be doing? Uh, <laughs> I, that's such a tough question. I don't know. I probably would have – I obviously would have finished school. Um, and then working probably. I don't know. Like Yeah. What, uh, what was your major at DU? I was doing real estate development okay. as a major. So – Probably something along yeah. the lines of that. So I think when it comes to colleges, you know, because they you played for them, they will still honor your scholarship. Am I correct? They'll honor your scholarship for you to finish your college career. Is that correct? Some schools do that, yeah. Okay. I, I don't think mine okay. does that. Would you ever sure consider why, going back at some point and just getting a degree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I Definitely plan on plan. it for yeah. sure, yeah. But I'm in no rush. Get a little tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no rush yeah. right now. I think but, you're doing all right. Yeah. But probably take, you know, class or two at a time and then maybe a class or two in the summer and just kind of gradually get it taken care of. Yeah. yeah. So you got a big playoff 
push coming up. I mean, to be determined where you're going to be at. You've been up and down throughout the year. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, are you looking forward to that? I know it's been, you know, it's a long grind of a season. You, you played the shorter year with when you're in college. Now you're in a full pro season. Are you kind of looking forward to getting through the regular season, whether you're up top or you're, you're down here to make and be part of a, a playoff run here? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, everybody says that playoff time is the best time of the year. Um, you know, it's getting nice outside and things like that. But, um, yeah, just it's a different atmosphere. It's a different style of game. You know, every game matters so much more. And, um, you know, it's it's just so much more fun to play in. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, um, you know, on both ends. What kind of stuff, so away from the rink, when you guys finish up practice here for the day, what, what kind of stuff are you doing to keep yourself busy or what yeah. are you doing with the guys? Um, yeah, just hanging out with the guys. Um, you know, we golf quite a bit. I haven't been as much as the other guys. I'm sure Maxie probably said that. But, uh, you know, just kind of golfing and trying to stay busy. Um, you know, read a little bit here and there. Try to stay a little bit educated. <laughs> so I'm not just a zombie in front of the TV. But, um, yeah, you know, just hanging out with the guys. Who's the, uh, who's the best golfer in the locker room? I think probably Frank. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, Frank's pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, Seattle franchise is coming, you know, next couple of years. I'm sure that's exciting for the, you know, your community. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever envision an NHL franchise? And I, a second part of this question, I know they've been talking about names for it. Um, is there any of the names that you've heard as terms of rumblings? I've heard Sockeyes. Uh, the Kraken is the Kraken. best one I've heard. That'd I know Spit and Chick that's talking about. Is there any uh, names uh, that you, you know, are partial to um, that they, you've heard them kind of suggest? I haven't heard a lot. I think I've heard like Rainiers or like um, Totems. Totems, yeah, I've like heard that. A, yeah, because I think there's a junior something team there, the Totems. Okay. Um, but super exciting. You know, they have the WHL team and they yeah. they fill it up every single game. So, you know, they're not gonna have a problem with fans or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, it'll, it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I, I you gotta imagine it's. I mean, it's a pretty rabid sports town. I watch how yeah they support. The Seahawks, yeah, and even the soccer team that's up there now. I mean, those guys, yeah. that area is crazy for their pro sports. So yeah, it's hard to it. imagine the team not doing well. Mm-hmm. How did you get into the game? Was it uh, did your dad follow the dub? And you know, how did you start from your your minor career to you know where you're at now? Yeah, um, so my dad, he grew up in California, kind of like Vista, that kind of area, down south a little bit. Yep, yep. And he played roller hockey, and then him and my mom moved to Washington for work for my dad <clears throat> and then obviously and you know there's not as much roller hockey in Washington so eventually got into ice hockey he did and then you know I kind of just grew up into it a little bit I can't let you off the hook here so <laughs> Denver's playing UMass yep. Frozen Four He's a UMass alum I'm a Ooh. UMass guy <laughs> so so we're gonna have to think of something here whatever you want yeah, we got to – I could say the same thing. I, I, feel, I feel pretty damn confident yeah. that UMass is not going to go down here. So, okay. I don't know. You, you know, th- it's crazy. No, as an innocent bystander here, what do you, yeah. think, what do you think we should wager? Yeah. What's going on here? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not, probably simple, lunch. I think lunch is fair. You know, you're not investing too casual. much. Yeah, keep yeah. it casual. You know, I like that. Easy, yeah, easy. We'll, we'll so. talk about it more. That's going to be a good yeah. one because I, I <laughs> the discussion for uh, so many for of those games. Uh-huh. I think one one of the uh, one of the rounds I was watching. I don't think I. I mean, multiple number one seeds were knocked out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, how that's guys that's the, the 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 beauty of the sport, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like basketball where the higher seeds are 
generally yeah. always going to win. It's, yeah. you know, hockey, literally anything can happen. I mean, the St. Cloud State AIC game, nobody expected AIC to win. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they blew the doors off of St. Cloud. So really anything can happen. You just got, if you play, you just got to have a great day, right? Yeah, I mean, once you get in the tournament, it's anybody's game. I think last year, like UMD won it and they barely got into the tournament. Yeah. So it's like... And they're still in, right? They did they they yeah, won yeah, again. Yeah. They're going again. So You're gonna get a lot of guys coming back from from last year. Was was your guys' biggest uh, rival? Would it be Colorado College? Or is there somebody else that you maybe with North Dakota? Maybe. Yeah, uh, probably both of them. Yeah. CC is always big, just because you know their fans come down to Denver, and then our fans will go to CC when we're there. But like whenever we play Nodak, like half of DU's rink is green jerseys. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts. And so. with the tradition that, you know, North Dakota has with all the guys that have come and played through there, um, was that pretty fun to play those guys? And I'm sure that, yeah, you know, Yeah. Every single time it's awesome. And even, like, going to their rink, it's, like, absolutely nuts. Yeah. No is that fans. one of the toughest places to play? Yeah. Yeah. But it's the most fun, I think, for sure. Their fans are just super rowdy. It's a lot of fun. Is there any one, you know, individual moment, not as a, a collective team or goal you scored or, you know, what have you that you remember the most? Uh, just from college? Yeah, from in college, yeah. Um, I think the coolest thing that we did, we had the outdoor game oh. at the Rocky Stadium, and we played CC. It was like 35,000 people wow. there. Yeah, so that was awesome. Did you rock the eye block? Yes, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody yeah. did, yeah. So that was, that was really cool. Was that an adjustment of college? You guys got to wear either a bubble or a cage. Was that a little weird going back to that? I know you do when you're in tier hockey, but mm-hmm. you know from probably most of your USHL career, you were beyond that point. So you could wear a visor. Is that a little weird? That adjustment. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing is you go visor, then back, back. to a cage, and then back to a visor again. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't mind it though. I, it's kind of you know part of the tradition. It seems like. Yeah. So it was kind of cool, but um, yeah, it took a, it took a little bit of adjusting. Were you a bubble or a cage guy? I was cage. Cage? Yeah, I couldn't. I sweat too much. Yeah, it's so just foggy. And then I, I, just I like the see. bubbles. Yeah. But they, they I do fog up. I would have. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. That's what I thought, too. Couldn't do it. I wore a bubble once. I got chirped for it. Haven't worn it since. Really? <laughs> yeah. Haven't worn it since. I don't mind the bubble. Yeah. If you're going full cage, you know, it could go either way. But mm-hmm. cool, man. Well, appreciate you spending a little bit of time. Um, you know, give a little behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, man, best of luck. We hope uh, wherever you're at that, you know, you have a big impact and future is bright, man. So we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Barracuda Ford, Dylan Gambrell. So we'd like to thank uh, Gan spending a bit of time with us, uh, you know, having a great season with us, highly touted prospect. I know for fans, if, if you were looking at one guy that's probably, you know, at the top of the list, at least in terms of, you know, going up and down and the, the pub he's gotten so far, it's probably mm-hmm. Gams. Yeah. Um, he's been tremendous at the American Hockey League level. I think the, the ceiling is high at the NHL level, too. Um, he's played a different role, though, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's more of a fourth-line checking role in the NHL at this point in his career. I think eventually he'll be a top-six type of guy. Yeah. That's where his skill set sure. fits best. Um, but uh, some good stuff. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's good. I mean, he handles it all like a pro, too. And it's yeah. it can't, Obviously, going up and down, it's – you want to be that guy, but at the same time, it's it can be a tough situation because there's times where you go up and down, and you're not playing, and you come back down, and or you you are playing, but you're only getting you know seven or eight minutes a night. It can be really tough to make an impact when you're used to playing in all situations, you know, on the AHL side of things. So uh, to handle it the way he's done and kind of have the success that he's had, it's a good sign for 
for everybody, really, the organization and Sharks fans in general, just to have somebody that they can rely on like that, I think is very exciting. It's promising for the future. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, a ri- reminder to fans, so Wednesday, 7 o'clock puck drop. That's when we'll have broadcast coverage. On Friday, it would also be a 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll also begin at the top of the hour. And then on Saturday, because it's an early start, we'll have no KDOW coverage, um, but we will be on the stream, so don't you worry. Uh, you can listen live on the Sharks uh, Plus SAP Center app and watch at watchthehl.com. So we got you covered in terms of your broadcast coverage if you cannot make the games, but we hope to see you um, this upcoming weekend. Should have two, big, two decent crowds, too, yeah. from what I've, uh, what I've been following yeah. as far as... Our ticket numbers, Friday and Saturday should be pretty good. I mean, it's fan appreciation. There are always decent crowds. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think for whatever reason, having the back-to-back, we should be be looking good. should be a good buzz and atmosphere in the building and exciting stuff. Uh, Another potential uh, could be a Western Conference final preview. We faced those guys a couple years ago, so you just never know. Um, Griff's always make it – they always seem to make it interesting, make a run. So uh, that's a good group. Always well coached, and uh, the Red Wings do a pretty good job with their prospects in terms of just kind of letting them marinate and sit. So, Red Wings are out of the playoffs. They could have some guys going back down mm-hmm. as well. Um, we'll see. Again, we wouldn't have to face them until the third round if that yeah. were the case. So, uh, to be determined, that'd be a great scenario. That means we made it to the conference finals again. So, we'll take well, that. I'd, I'd take that all day. Uh, but for now, we'll say so long. We'll talk to everybody next Wednesday. Um, and uh, we hope to see you out at SAP Center this upcoming weekend, also on Wednesday as well. So, We'll talk to you then. See you. See you.